me <laughs> you know I um, I wasn't running for anything I think we all saw this day coming yesterday when Bernie dropped out it seemed like the the script had been written a number of weeks ago um, the people had also spoken if you're a progressive uh, Democrat, I guess, even though he wasn't really a Democrat, which is still one of the most stunning things that in every poll, the most popular Democrat, when they ask people just in the country, who's your favorite Democrat? Bernie is always number one in those polls. He is the most popular Democrat in the country, and he's not even a Democrat. That says a lot about how much people love the things that Bernie Sanders stands for. And it says a lot about the Democratic Party, just how piss poor uh, most people think of the Democratic Party, that their favorite Democrat would not be anybody who was a Democrat. That it's Bernie Sanders. But he couldn't win Michigan, and he couldn't win Massachusetts, and he couldn't win Minnesota. And... You know, there, there the cookie crumbles and the people speak. Now, the people may be speaking out of fear. They may be um, convincing themselves that there's only one person who's electable. There's only one person who can beat Trump. There's only, you know, or, or they may just be taking their orders because the Democratic Party establishment is saying, we want Joe Biden and we've got to, we, the people, have to elect somebody that the establishment will back. Otherwise, this will be a train wreck. Except the Democratic Party establishment didn't really want Joe Biden. Uh, if you remember, just a couple months ago, the, the party hacks that run the show had decided Biden had to go. Biden was unelectable. Biden was not winning anything. Biden was barely polling it. 5% with young voters. Um, and so in came Mike Bloomberg and the party hacks changed the debate rules so that the billionaire could ride in as the white knight and win this thing for us and beat Trump. Billionaire versus billionaire. Mano y mano. That was, that was the setup, if you remember. Yes, they were all behind Biden for a good year. Then when Biden looked like the loser, I mean, he lost the first three primaries and caucuses. Bernie 
got the most votes in the first three of these elections. Nobody in the history of this country, when, when in a contested primary, had ever won the first three popular votes in a row. It had never happened before. So Biden was out. Bloomberg was in until Elizabeth Warren asked him a question. Boom. Bloomberg down. Party hacks now in a total panic. What do we do? Do we go back to Biden? Oh, no. Now he Biden's looking even worse now. He can't complete a thought, let alone a sentence. No. Well, who do we go to? By all means, we have to stop Bernie. They didn't know what to do. You know, just traveling, um, the little bit that I did with him in January and February. You know, this is this is truly a he's an American original. He's um He's very unique amongst politicians. He certainly doesn't seem like one. Crisscrossing Iowa and New Hampshire and, you know, you you are with him, but he's, there's no, there's no, I don't know how to put this. You don't see what you see oftentimes when you're with other candidates. There's usually a gaggle of staff and aides and advisors and people whispering in one ear and then whispering in the other ear. There's a speech writer. There's a pollster. I never saw a pollster. I, I, I know they conducted polls, but there's no pollster on the, on the Bernie bus as you're traveling across the state telling him what to say because they've tested it. They've poll tested it. And there's the pollster sitting there with the candidate quietly huddling, getting the candidate to say what needs to be said. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Have, that guy doesn't exist. Where's the speechwriter? I kept looking for the speechwriter. No speechwriter. The speechwriter? It's that guy with the white hair, slightly hunched over, but but still looking pretty fit. Yeah, that's him over there. He's he's writing the speech on that legal pad, on that yellow on that yellow pad. Is Bernie? <laughs> Before every speech, he's backstage, literally with a pen. Do you remember what those look like? A pen writing writing the speech he's about to give, and which is weird because then he goes out and gives essentially the same speech each time with a few changes, but it's the same speech, and yet he's compelled to still be working on it, still writing it. No speechwriters around. No hacks telling him what to do. No stylist. Nobody's getting his hair right. Nobody's putting makeup on him. I no, there's, you know, that, that person, that last person who's there just before the, the, the celebrity, the candidate walks out on stage trying to get the hair, the last bit of hair just right. There's, there's nobody doing that. It's like this, just a, just an average American walking out onto the stage and the crap that he had to endure. Awful, awful stuff. Shame on all of you. Who would say those things about this individual? The only one of those 24 candidates on the stage who had ever bothered to show up when it mattered. Not show up to get elected, show up to to get arrested at a civil rights demonstration. 1963. Show up to be hauled away by the police because of segregated housing and segregated schools. Show up to march with Martin Luther King at the Lincoln Memorial. 
show up, show up at the first gay pride demonstration there in Vermont, show up to walk the picket line with the teachers over and over and over again his entire life. Half his family doesn't exist, wiped out in the Holocaust, never talks about it. Doesn't want, doesn't want to use it. I'm sure many people would tell him, you should tell that story, Bernie. You should tell the story about how you were raised. You should tell the story about your parents, how they didn't get to live a long life, their medical issues, their inability to get the kind of medical care that they needed, et cetera, et cetera. Never wanted to personalize it because he never saw it as he was running for office because of his, his personal problems. No, no. In some ways, I've never met anybody like him in my life. Um, in other ways, I've met thousands of people like him. The average everyday American doesn't run for office, doesn't get to run for office, should run for office. And there he was. There he was. How did that happen? What light bulb went off in his head how many decades ago that told him, now, you know what? I could be a democratic socialist and win statewide office in Vermont. Makes you wonder how many of you listening to this right now should be thinking the same thing. I don't mean move to Vermont, become a democratic socialist and run for office. I mean, just wherever you're at right now, shouldn't you be on the city council? Shouldn't you be on the school board? Shouldn't you be in the state house in your state capitol? Not the wackadoodle that's in there right now. Come on. Shouldn't we all be doing this on some level, whether it's running for office or being involved? I want to. I know a lot of you are are, are depressed um, about what happened yesterday with Bernie. I I know. Um, I know a lot of you are really happy. Um, but I'll address you uh, some other time. The happy people, for the people that are are filled with despair because of Bernie leaving the race. I'd like to tell you what I know after having lived my own series of decades, what I've seen. Here's what I've seen. Change does occur. The right side of things, when I say the right side, I mean the, 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 the side, the position of being for justice and being for what is morally correct in how we treat each other and how we treat the least among us, how we do that, all of that, it does get better. I know that sounds like a, what's the, the latest use of that cliche is those PSAs that are on TV to tell young people who are, in high school and being bullied, being bullied for any of a number of reasons, but especially the kids that are, are, are gay and lesbian and transgender and um, queer. Um, and just how awful that is to take that at age 14 and 15 and 16 and the kids that just want to give up. And there's no reason to give up because this world is yours and it's going to be a, pretty damn good world 
once you're an adult and you're away from that madness. It does get better. It does get better. And I have to say that now to everybody who was hoping that Bernie would be the next president of the United States, that it will get better. He's already made it better. When the history of this time is is written, they're going to talk about how this candidate, though he did well in the early primaries, though he was the most popular Democrat, (laughs) non-Democrat in the country, but he never made it to the White House. But here's what he did do for us. He brought the American people along with him. He convinced enough people over just the years in this decade to change their minds when it came to so many issues to the point now where the majority of Americans agree with his policies, even right up until when they were walking into the, into the election places during these primaries. And there would be those pollsters asking them, you know, how do you feel about Medicare for all? How do you feel about minimum wage, et cetera, et cetera. And Every primary, the majority of voters, including voters in places like Mississippi and Alabama, overwhelmingly agreed with Bernie on the issues. And then they went inside and and voted for Joe Biden. Except in California, our largest state. It's hard to win the largest state. You'd think if you're a 78-year-old Democratic Socialist, that might be a really hard thing to do. But Bernie has had the majority of Hispanic voters with him this entire time in the polling and actually in the voting. He won the Hispanic vote in this primary season. He won the youth vote. He won California. He won Colorado. Hmm. He won Utah. Whoa. Right? And of course he won the popular vote in Iowa, in New Hampshire, and a landslide in Nevada. This was not a wasted effort. For those of you who worked, who volunteered, who donated, this, is, this was the smartest, best thing you could do because he, the average American, when they heard him speak about these things, They thought, yeah, that makes sense. And especially now, as we're in the middle of this pandemic, anybody, any candidate who's talking about, oh yeah, people want to keep, they love their private health insurance that that, that their employer gives them. Well, now we've seen what happens when your insurance is attached to your job. We have the largest number of unemployed people in the shortest amount of time since the Great Depression. Millions and millions and millions of people out of work this week. And when they're out of work, their health care is cut off. They don't lose, just lose their job. They lose their health care. Now, the government has stepped in, state governments and the federal government, and they're going to, at least for four months, be very generous in unemployment compensation, almost to the point where I think that I would say the majority of workers um, are going to have pretty much close to their full salary, which is a great thing but they will not have their health insurance. That's gone because we have a system that ties it to your job. No job, no health care card. How about that? I want every one of those 24 candidates 
on that stage now to admit that the only system that works, especially when you're in a crisis like this, is to make sure that the government covers everybody. Your government, your country, your country loves you this much that it says if you get sick, you have nothing to worry about when it comes to your wallet, your pocketbook, you will be covered and you will not spend one minute in the hospital worrying about when you're out of the hospital, if they're going to take your house away from you, where you're, you're going to be wiped out. No, every democracy makes this a human right. And I think if there's one good thing, and I think there's many good things that are going to come out of this after this tragedy that we're in the middle of, it's that everybody's going to understand, oh yeah, you know what? The government needs to provide the healthcare, not the employer, because the employer can at the snap of a finger, whether it's something, whether it's a finger they control, like just a whim where they decide to pack up and, and move these jobs to Brazil, or whether it's they are caught in the middle of a pandemic like everybody else and they just, they don't have the money. They can't afford to pay people's health insurance or they do have the money and they just use the pandemic as an excuse not to pay it. Hmm. No, I think, I think the American people now see a lot of things, a lot of things that are wrong with the system. So don't despair about this. Bernie has laid the groundwork for this movement, for a better life, for a better country, a better planet. More than one person in the last couple of weeks sitting home has thought about, wow, what's the next thing that could hit us during my lifetime? What if all this climate change causes something that we're not even thinking about? Some awful, awful environmental disaster that is unleashed upon us where we find ourselves in kind of the situation we're in right now, but worse because we didn't, we didn't pass a green new deal. We didn't, we didn't address this soon enough. We all know that now we all know the next, the next COVID-19, whatever that is, whether it's in the form of another virus, whether it's in the, in the form of mother nature seeking its revenge on us who've tried to destroy the planet. We know that's coming now. And people will act. Let me do this. Perhaps this is a way to, that can help you. What if there was a time machine that I could put you in? And I'll go, I'll go with you. And I'll take you 20 years into the future. 10, 10 years. Maybe, maybe, maybe five years. Maybe just, maybe that's all it'll take. What if I could take you five to 10 years into the future? I can tell you right now, right now, what you would see. I already know this, not because I'm clairvoyant. <laughs> I have no special powers. I just have lived long enough to see these changes. My mother, five, six months before she was born, it was illegal for women to vote. If you were a woman and showed up at a polling place to vote in 1919, early 1920 even, you would have been arrested. But by the election in November of 20, 1920, you could vote. That's just my mother's time. 
that's how things, this isn't some long ago thing. This is how awful it was just less than a hundred years ago. And all the changes that the 20th century saw in the early part of the 21st century, you can take, take that walk, go in the, go in reverse in the time machine, go back and look like, look at what it was like when my uncle and other family members and friends and neighbors of my dad's family all working in the General Motors factories in Flint and took the factories over and demanded that they be paid a living wage. And then it happened. They elected a president who said that child labor was immoral and suddenly eight and 10 and 12 and 14 year olds were not working in factories anymore. There was a woman who wouldn't give up her seat on the, on the bus. There was a young preacher that decided to work with her and others to stop this. And it happened sometimes very quick. Martin Luther King and the Montgomery bus boycott. That's that begins in December of 1955. They're not, uh, successful until December of 56, maybe you know, January of um, 57. Wow. That's their first, their first big victory with Martin Luther King. And 11 years later, he'd be dead. Everything you know or have learned or have heard about Martin Luther King took place in those 11 or 12 years. You know, it, it wasn't, yeah, it was December of 55 and assassinated in April of 1968. So 12 years, 12 and a half years, yeah. Boom. That's how it happens. Gay men and women are arrested at a bar in Greenwich Village. In 1969, simply because they were gay. And in the 80s, total indifference when they all start to die because of HIV. A president who wouldn't even mention the word AIDS for, I believe, his entire term in the 80s. And yet, 2015... By 2015, we have enough medicine um, and we've invented enough things to keep people alive. And by the summer of 2015, um, you can marry whoever it is that you're in love with, period, end of story. All these changes, they took place. Bit by bit, it gets better. Two steps forward, one step backward. Two steps forward, two steps backward. Two steps forward, oh, three steps forward. That's how it works. If I could take you in this time machine right now, if I could show you the future, I'm going to, I'm going to, you can play this podcast back five, 10 years from now. I, I swear to God, I'm sa it's safe enough for me to tell you what I'm going to tell you because I know, I know this is the world we're going to be living in. So let's say, where do you, where do you want to go? This is, this is. 2020, um, 
let's call it, let's call it seven years. Let's do halfway. So let's go, let's go right now. Let's, let's rev up the engines here and let's go to 2027. Okay. You ready? Okay. So now it's 2027. Tell me right now, first of all, what if I told you before we open the door of our time capsule, it's 2027. And what if I were to say to you before we open the door, you know, people are still working for 725 an hour. That's the minimum wage. You'd go no way, right? Of course, no way. Do you, anybody listening to this right now really think that the minimum wage in 2027 is going to be $7.25 an hour? If you say yes to that, I am so sorry that you are that depressed, that you have literally lost all faith um, in humanity, um, or you're that cynical that you can't see things getting better. You know that that Bernie and his push for $15 an hour is going to happen. It's already happening. It's already being voted on by a number of states, number of cities. And over these next few years, the minimum wage will not be $7.25 an hour. It will be $15 or more an hour. That's already happening. That's what the future will have, the near future. I can tell you right now that in 2027, and actually long before that because of this pandemic, it could be within a year or two, depending on who wins in November, that we do have Medicare for all, that we join the League of Nations that guarantee this is a human right and provide health coverage for all their citizens. We're going to have that. You already know what's going to happen, right? I know it. You know it too. Partly because it's just common sense. Partly because the rich will figure out that, oh, you know what? We actually make more money when we have healthy, healthy workers. I think we should really, I mean, we should, let's, let's just have everybody covered. Not just the workers in my company. Everybody has to be covered. We can do that. And then we will do it. And we're going to do it again. I don't, if we have four more years of Trump, it may not happen. It may be 2027, but I have a feeling um, it will look more like 2022. I want to take you in this time capsule and I want to show you what the world's going to look like in this next decade. Mass incarceration is going to end. We're going to stop locking up black and brown people. One of the reasons that's going to happen is because black and brown people will, in the 2040s, be the majority of this country. But on the way to the 2040s, there will be more and more citizens, voters who are not white and who will stop this criminal act of locking people up like this. And in fact, the society will start to realize that locking up people that are not really a threat, not a violent threat you know, to others, um, but who just lost their way, made a mistake, um, needed some help. Maybe they just needed a job. Maybe they needed to see somebody to talk to. Maybe they needed pharmaceuticals. <laughs> That's what we're going to have. We're going to have that world that, that treats our fellow citizens who screw up. We're going to treat them in a different way, and we're going to realize that maybe part of the reason they're screwing up is because of the society that we built and it's set up like this, to be like this. We don't have to go any further than this week to understand that 14% of Michigan is black. 42 to 47% of the people dying in Michigan from coronavirus 
are black. 30% of Chicago is black, but 70% of the deaths are black Chicagoans. And on the news in the last few days, they've been asking, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Hmm. Yeah, it must be something genetic, right? Must be something in the the chromosomes and the cells in, in black people that they, you know, the coronavirus just attaches to them easier, right? No, of course not. We know the reason. We know the kind of health care poor people and people of color get. That includes poor white people, too. We're going to change that. When we have Medicare for all, that's going to change. The racism will die down. The bigotry will die down. Why? Because we will have raised now two or three generations of our kids who are not haters. We didn't raise them to hate. We raised them to hold out their hand. We raise them. I know, you know, people, <laughs> including me, have laughed at the everybody gets a trophy, everybody gets a medal thing. But you know what's what's really kind of behind that idea? It's that everybody deserves a medal and a trophy. Everybody deserves the same health care. Everybody deserves the same treatment by the police. And we have generations of young people who believe that. Bernie just, just didn't win the under 30 vote. He didn't just win the under 40 vote. He won in most of these states the under 50 vote. Young adults, especially in their 20s and 30s and into their 40s, they know the world they want to live in. They don't want to live in this old world that we've handed them. Women, women, step outside the time capsule here. It's 2027. What do you think that looks like? It will have taken years to get some of these people off the Supreme Court. Some may need to be impeached. But eventually, we will guarantee that every woman, every woman, has a right to control her own body and do whatever the hell she wants. It's her life. That's the world that's ahead of us. There's, they can fight this all they want. They can throw as many of these white men, Catholic conservatives on that court as they want. The people will not put up with this. Women will not put up with this. People that support women will not put up with this. We will live in a different world in the next decade here. I can guarantee you that. Will there still be lots of men who just don't like the idea? <laughs> Just watch Trump if you want the prototype of this whenever he deals with women, especially in the press room. Oh, boy. Man, what's his problem? Wow. Yeah, we'll still have a lot of those guys around. They will not They will not leave us anytime soon, but they will be the minority. They're already the minority. You know, men, men, especially white men, um, have a big, um, a big responsibility to make amends for the Trump era. Those amends will happen. People will see the error of their ways. I do believe that. I'm not just saying that. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. I do believe that. I believe we'll go back to the way it was in my day when you won't have to worry about paying for college. You want a, a, a college education, you'll get one. And we'll work at making all our schools better and we'll treat our teachers right. And we'll encourage our schools 
to go back to the things that they've forgotten to do. Teaching civics. Teaching critical thinking. Having a literate nation. Not just literate in the sense of being able to read and write, but being literate about the world we live in. Knowing the world we live in. Being literate about the arts and culture and things that can make their life better, happier. All of that. We will have all of that. People want that. People don't want to be stupid and ignorant. They want to learn. They want to know. It won't take much to create that world for them and to raise another generation of young people that will take us into the 2030s and 2040s. And and if the commitment is made immediately to deal with the dying piece of this planet that is going to remove the humans on it, um, then we'll have that too. This isn't pie in the sky. These aren't false hopes or promises I'm making to you. I'm telling you right now that the revolution that Bernie started, like Moses, he may not get to go to the promised land. He may not cross the River Jordan, but he will be remembered for making all of these things a priority putting it on the national agenda, getting everybody to talk about it, think about it, and act on it. That's the good that's going to come out of this. So don't wallow in your despair on this. And Bernie will go to that convention wherever it is, virtually or in Milwaukee when it's safe, and he'll go there with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of delegates. And his voice will be heard. The hacks will know, the party hacks will know they can't win in November unless their arms are outstretched, reaching out to that large group of Americans that believe in these things. That's what I think is going to happen here. I'm sorry, again, for those who have felt bad for the last day or two. Um, But don't. Seriously, this is not the time to feel bad. This is the time for all of us to get it together, to fight for these things that we believe in, to keep this movement going. You can say Bernie has dropped the mantle, but really it's it's maybe he's passed the mantle onto us, all of us. And in the coming months on this podcast, we'll talk about what we can do to build on that movement to get these things that we think this country should have. We'll fight like hell for this. And let me tell you something, Donald Trump, all of us, we're going to remove him from the White House. I already know this too. I know that millions and millions of people are are going to crawl through the fire, crawl through shards of glass, through barbed wire fence, whatever it takes, or whatever the uh, metaphorical equivalent is of those things. But really, the commitment that people have to removing Donald Trump, and I'm talking about the majority of Americans who are going to want him gone after this, they will crawl through broken glass to remove him. That's the level of commitment. Make no mistake about it. 
his 63 to 65 million followers feel just as strong. And they will stop at nothing to see that he gets another four years. Their problem is, is I don't think they've really grown much from the base that they created. That base is, is even more committed to Trump than it was four years ago, but it hasn't added tens of millions of people. Whereas on our end of things, not true. We, we are tens and tens and tens of millions of people. And if the Democrats don't blow it, if they offer true hope and if they inspire the electorate with a vision of America that they will fight to enact, then we'll have it. But if the Democrats are just going to be the same old, same old, if they're going to be like Jim Clyburn of South Carolina, the number one recipient of big pharma money in Congress, if, if, the, if the members of Congress who are in cahoots with the power structure that has kept us down, then no, we won't win. But I'm going to put my money on the fact that, that, that Democrats, even Democratic uh, politicians, are going to come around on this. They're not going to make the mistake that they made in 2016 or the mistake that they made in 2004 or the mistake that they made in 2000 or the mistake, and, you know, on and on and on and on. No, I won't have that. So let's pick up that mantle all of us, let's hold it together. Let's hold that mantle and let's fight for this world that I promise you will exist in this next, next decade. If we do the work that we need to do, I want you just to hold that thought for the rest of the day. I want you to go to bed with it. Uh, I want you to wake up again tomorrow. Talk to people, talk to people together. We're going to make this happen. I really honestly believe this. Thank you, Bernie, for what you did, for what you've done, for what you will do. But now we all have to be Bernie. Look for your inner Bernie. Make it come alive today. Let's remove Trump. And let's create a better world. Thank you for listening to Rumble today. And I'll talk to you soon. And everybody Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows, Everybody knows. That's how it goes